Welcome to Good Enough with the Trauma Therapist, a podcast dedicated to empowering you to take control of your life, learning valuable strategies for healing and looking at mental health through a trauma-informed lens. Get ready to feel empowered and confident in managing your symptoms. And now, here is your host, licensed clinical social worker, EMDR therapist, and certified clinical trauma professional, Jamie Vollmuller. Welcome to Good Enough. I am your host, Jamie Vollmuller. I am here with one of my amazing employees, Sarah Kupka. She is a creative art therapist and a mental health counselor. She is duly licensed because she's just an overachiever in every sense of the word. <laughs> but today, me and Sarah wanted to talk to you guys about art therapy specifically because a lot of our listeners and you know clients that we get calling in, there's this misconception about what art therapy is. And I just thought it would be really helpful to kind of go over like how it's an actual modality that has research and evidence behind it. So Sarah, why don't you take us away with that? Why do you love art therapy? Oh man. So my background in art starts at a very early age with just both my parents were very crafty and my grandfather put himself through the military on art stuff. So like I was surrounded by it. Yeah. And it took me a while to figure out what to do with it. So I went and I got myself a bachelor's of fine arts and then was like, this applies to very little. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> what, what do you do with that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, I'll work in a museum. They don't hire. So I eventually realized I liked helping people and was like, well, how, how can I combine these things? Mm-hmm. And I started poking around and sure enough, found uh, art therapy. And that took me on my journey, right? I found that before I found mental health counseling. Realized, oh, I had to go get a psychology degree now. Cool. And I don't know. it. What I love about it. I like that it's something that gives us a third space where if language can't connect us, if there's no baseline understanding to connect us, we can create imagery. And while it is not overall universal, there's enough connective languages between culture and status and all these different aspects Metaphors of life. Metaphors and symbolism yeah. and all of that. Yeah. yeah. It's like uh, the story of Cinderella is in so many different languages. Yeah. And again, we can pull those symbolisms. So whether it's shared stories or just shared experiences, we can connect to that. Yeah. And through that, we can build dynamics. So it's great for so many populations. It's great for those with brain injuries. It's great for People who come from other countries, again, don't share a language. It's great for children, right? It's great for trauma work for when we don't, we want, don't want to or cannot verbally express what we've been through. We can usually put it out in a non-threatening way, in a very visual, vivid way. Yeah. And, and that way I feel like our art therapy is a, a, a little like EMDR in that you can work through your trauma without having to name it without having to, you know, go through the story and tell someone all the gory details, you can draw the imagery that this is. And we actually in, in EMDR do use a lot mm-hmm. of art therapy specifically for EMDR group protocol 
the way that we do that is we have them draw a picture and and rate their level of disturbance. And that is used throughout. And it's really interesting to go back and look at the artwork and the changing of the artwork because it's just a great modality to help you communicate what's either you don't want to, (laughs) but it, but it's, there's enough there that your clinician can help, can understand where you're coming from or what your pain point is. Like you don't need to tell someone about the gory details of sexual trauma or physical abuse or the, the abusive relationship you were in for your therapist to then be like, oh, they're struggling with themes of remorse or loss or grief or blaming themselves. And you can help them work through that. Absolutely. And it's so interesting because when you bring up trauma, we've recognized various different series of patterns where, again, if it's not explicitly brought up by a client, oh, I'm here to work on this, Mm -hmm. we can observe, oh, you have a continued use of this pattern or there is a way you form people or use lines that can hint at something, right? So then we know what questions to ask in a non-intrusive way, right? We can help direct where to go, even if it's just giving a little bit more explicit instructions in, you know, what you create. Maybe we change what you use. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to your EMDR comment, there is so much about our therapy and EMDR that kind of crossover, and that has to do with how our brain functions and remembers things. Yeah. And our tactile memory on top of that, right? We are so... I don't know what phrase this. We are able to recall so much more when we're engaging in more than just our visual inner memory. Yeah. Right? So in those aspects, we can use things like clay, beads, feathers, all these different things to, again, help bring back those unconscious layers to help filter them out and bring it to the surface. In a way that, again, like when you create an art space, when you give a canvas or a piece of paper or a piece of clay, right? That becomes this third space that you get to build and create in. That's again not threatening, non-judgmental. Yeah. And for some people, the act of creating then destroying, right, can give that catharsis. And that's one of the reasons I like clay. It's a hard substance to bring in, and it takes a lot of judgment to know who can and cannot handle that because <laughs> it can be a difficult substance to work with. Yeah. But at the end, if you build something up that was part of your trauma and part of your process of the trauma is to move forward or let go letting that dry and putting it out in the rain and seeing the metaphor of it washing away or taking out your frustration on it, right? Smashing it. All these things lead to a processing of the emotion in a visual sense mm-hmm. that creates relief. Yeah. And and I think the other cool thing about art therapy for people who are like, oh, I don't draw. I'm not good. Whatever, whatever. I am definitely one of those people. Like I draw stick figures and stars and hearts. Like that's that's what I can draw, guys. It's not great. But you don't need to be an artist to be able to do art therapy and and process. And if doing physical art like painting or drawing is going to be too anxiety provoking for you to start with, there's other forms of of art therapy like through writing or like I've had kids that are really into music and if I told them like gave them an assignment to write a poem they would say no but if I (laughs) if I pitch it as like write me a song about like how you feel about this experience like they get really into it and that is a form of art right there there are so many different forms of art that you can use and even like there's people that do movement and dance and 
that always fascinates the heck out of me. But yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense. And Jim, you know, I'm a fan of somatic based modalities, right? Yeah. And so for me, it's like one thing that I love having some people do is creating relaxation through movement, right? So in EMDR, you might have the buzzies or a U-tab or you have eye movement. Well, in art therapy, having someone stand up and draw a full body circle, right? Yeah. You're creating movement. That's similar to what you're talking about, tapping in with movement therapies, with dance therapies, right? Yeah. Again, we're connecting the movements or the sensations we may have had at those times of trauma or repressed memories, and we're bringing them back out and allowing them, again, just a a unique way of being put out that maybe we don't understand. Maybe we don't have to understand but it helps you work through it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, you know, Sarah was telling me the other day about, you know, how like crocheting is very therapeutic because it's this repeated movement and it's the same thing in art therapy. And that, that really makes so much sense because, you know, I am definitely not an art therapist by any means. I, I dabble in the creative arts with my clients when it's useful to them. But I, I've had clients that, you know, struggle to talk about things, but they really want to talk about it. So they, some of those clients, I could either, you know, walk with them on a nice day. We're very close to Connect State Park. So I like to go through the trails in the, the park and I walk with my clients. But if, if it's not a nice day, those same clients, I could be like, hey, let's draw a mandala, right? And we're just going to draw a circle and we're just going to, you know, make the lines. And the, the fact that they're able to to move and and make these repetitive motions helps themselves soothe so that their anxiety levels aren't so high when they're talking about it so that they can really work through things. All right, guys. So stick around after the break. We'll be here. Thank you for listening to Good Enough with a Trauma Therapist. This is your host, Jamie Vomeler. If you live in the states of New York or Missouri, we'd love to work with you. New Yorkers, give us a call at Long Island EMDR at 631 631- 503-1539 or visit our website at liemdr.com. And for those of you living in Missouri, please call Brave Counseling and Psychiatry at 573-825-6441. Visit brave-mo.com. Welcome back to Good Enough. I am your host, Jamie Vomeler, and we are here with one of our awesome therapists, Sarah Kupka. Hey, Sarah. Hey. So today we were talking about art therapy as a modality and just providing you guys with a little more education about what art therapy is really about. And I know one of the things, Sarah, that you're really passionate about with art therapy is the neuroplasticity aspect. Yeah. Neurobiology of that. Yes. I'm a very large neuro nerd. <laughs> so I, I enjoy how the brain works. Right? It's fascinating how we record memories, what interrupts them, and just the overall functioning of how we conceive life, right? Yeah. Everything, literally, we go off guesswork. Our brain works on what is the next circumstance we're going into and how do we handle it? Yeah. Which is ironic because if we think about it, our usual answer is we have no idea. But moment to moment, <laughs> we're guessing. Our brain is guessing for us. And as art therapy changes. So our therapy dates back to the 1940s. Uh, We tend to forget that because it really didn't hit the scenes in a big way, I would say, until the 70s. We see a lot more research going into it. And there's several different reasons for that. But a lot of that is the change in technology, which we're still seeing. So as we know, psychology is often often referred to as like a squishy science or a soft Mm -hmm. science. But we're changing that, right? We're using fMRI technology, 
using uh, brain scans, all sorts of different things to help us understand how we work and why our mind works these ways. Mm-hmm. And similar to that, our therapy is starting to go down that road. Yeah. Which is awesome. Um, there's actually new technology being developed to help us scan brains while we're actually doing, doing the art. Yep. Mobile brain body imaging techniques, mobile techniques, which allows us to understand, you know, why does art help us get all of it out? Like, why does being creative help us process these things? And there's still a lot of inconclusive data. We still don't fully know. Uh, Julia King, uh, Juliet King, excuse me, a wonderful professor who I believe is still down in D.C. working at George Mason College. I might want to check that, but <laughs> she's okay. down in D.C. She's been looking into some of these things. And one thing that's popped up in some of this research is that we use the same creativity in processing emotions with art therapy as we do with those who create scientific discoveries, right? It's like the same things are firing off. Mm-hmm. Only one's connecting to our emotions in theory, which leads to a lot of questions. If you're being creative in a scientific aspect, are we also connecting to emotions? Which I believe leads to a whole bunch of other questions, which is a little bit off topic. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fascinating uh, because there's so much to learn there, right? Again, we've, we've been bouncing back and forth with the EMDR, which is, again, using somatic or physical processes to help us connect to emotions and help us get through things we get stuck on or that are keeping us from moving forward in life. And we're connecting art therapy to that. We're seeing how the movement of the art, whether it just relaxes us, whether it's used for catharsis, or we're using it as a means to delve deeper and understand, mm-hmm. right? So all these things are connecting together, and we're forming a picture of the brain and how it works. And I guess we're still figuring out where we're taking it. But, but, there, but there is science that's yeah. that's backing, which, you know... I know there are people out there that feels like, well, there needs to be proof or it's not true. And, you know, I think that's with all things. But even like the modalities where there is like studies that show it works, they still don't know why. And it still seems like I use the word hippity dippity because (laughs) I don't know. Like I'm generally a very black and white thinker. I'm very like it's either it is or it isn't like that's just how i generally process life right but being in the therapy world there's so many things that like like parts work makes no sense like how are you sitting and talking to a younger child part of yourself and you feel these physical body sensations and it feels so real and it's so much more emotional than just like recalling what happened in your childhood that doesn't make logical sense to someone people are going to be like that's insane that doesn't happen. And it, it happens with my clients all the time. I had a client yesterday that was the first day she did parts work. And she was like, you were right. That was some hippity-dippity nonsense. But it works. And I was like, <laughs> no. And I feel like, you know, with art therapy, it's a lot of the same thing. And I think it's because our minds, right, also sometimes we, d- we don't have those words. And I, I gave Sarah the example for me, which is what really made me more interested in art therapy just because working with kids, you have to have other means of, of communicating, whether that be through like dolls or toys or or art. I had this one kiddo who was like six and but mom and dad were very different. They ran the household very different. And the kid just kept saying, but it's different. And I was like, how? And she was like, it's just different. And I was like, draw me mom's house, draw me dad's house. Well, Mom's house was like the kids were all, you know, sweeping and it's tidy and everything was neat and organized and like, you know, structured. 
when dad ran the house, the dog was, <laughs> the dog ran away. It was about to get hit by a car. The house was on fire. The, like all of these things were happening. And I literally just had to go to the parents, sit them down and be like, so this is what she drew for when mom's in charge. And this is what she drew for when dad's in charge. And the art spoke for itself. Like I didn't need to tell them, hey, you guys need to get on the same page. <laughs> like they could figure it out by looking at it. But you're mm-hmm. never going to get that information out of that six-year-old and have her be like, well, dad's really chaotic and mom's really strict because she doesn't have the language skills to express that. Right. I mean, um, she may not even have the developmental portion to connect, right? Yeah. She just has this emotion of everything's overwhelming. Everything I'm seeing is scary yeah but not know how to connect that again to her grounded everyday life to express that to mom and dad right yeah no because it it is what it's what her life has been so how does she know if it's not normal at six years old right because we don't have that much exposure to the outside world at six so i i just think art is just such a beautiful way of of clients just expressing things that they can't say and for like our adult clients too. I mean, Sarah, I want to give you the opportunity. Like, has there ever been like a really powerful moment with a client for you where like art was the modality that helped them break through that emotion? Yes, it wasn't with an adult. Okay. But I was working with a child who had walked with his older sister up from El Salvador to meet his mother who had moved on. And I had him create a few different pieces. I had him build his home and I he built him out of popsicle sticks and he was like, oh, well, this is who lives here. This is who lives here. And then I live in this other portion. Not a realistic home at all. But again, symbolizes his separateness from everyone else. Yeah. And we moved on from that and I gave him modeling clay and he created these different figures and he went to the storytelling about it. And it was about how he was the superhero, but he had to be disguised to get past an evil queen to get to a key. And then he took off his mask to show his, his mother, right? This is me. This is me. You're not an evil queen. You're my mother. And she still didn't recognize him. And the whole family history is she had immigrated up to the U.S. first. She had started a new family while she was here. Her older son and daughter had been left with grandma in El Salvador. It's very common. They eventually, grand, they were left with grandma. Grandma eventually set them up because the gang activity got too bad. But seeing him break through that and really, again, just take on like he was depersonalizing right he created a story he was telling us about all these different things through the yes. use of of the art yeah. and the clay and and i think what's even crazier about this this story sarah mm-hmm. is like there was a significant so there's this young kid and there's also this language barrier and you know like you were saying earlier in the show like the art allows you to break through all of that like break through the the developmental stuff and mm-hmm. the fact that they can't communicate to you yeah. in, in the way that he probably would be able to communicate to a spanish-speaking therapist yeah. and you were able to help him break through that so you have been listening to good enough i am jamie volmuller and we've also been meeting with sarah kupka sarah is an amazing therapist at our practice she specializes obviously like everyone else in uh, trauma work, anxiety, with the kiddos going back to school. I mean, art therapy is just such an amazing modality for kids and gives them such 
an opportunity to express themselves. And even if they don't know what's going on, she has the creative mind to figure it out and help you help them with what they need help with. If you feel you or your child could benefit, please give us a call at 631-503-1539. And remember, you are good enough. Thank you for listening to Good Enough with the Trauma Therapist. We appreciate you listening. While our host may provide some personal and professional advice, we want to remind you that this show is for entertainment purposes only. Each individual situation is unique, and Good Enough is not a substitute for mental health treatment. If you need a therapist and are located in New York or Missouri, feel free to reach out to us at liendr.com or brave-mo.com.